What's up? Welcome back to the Modern Commerce Podcast. Excited to be here today with my guest, Zoe Khan. We are going to talk e-commerce. We're going to talk being a digital creator, being a Twitch streamer. We're going to talk about energy drinks, maybe. Uh, and we are going to do that all after a quick word from today's sponsors. What's up, everybody? This is John and Casey from ModCom, and I have to show you something, all right? This tool is called Wicked Reports. It's one of the best attribution tools I've ever seen because of this feature called Funnel Vision. It breaks up your ROAS into top, middle, and bottom of funnel. So I'm here in my Facebook ads account and checking out this campaign, V-Day Sale. I'd probably be cutting this thing, right? If I was looking in Ads Manager or if I was looking at First Touch Attribution, I'd be like, you suck, 0.18 ROAS you're out. Uh, but if I look at it middle funnel, it's like one of the best closers. If I look at it bottom of funnel, it's one of the best closers. So that campaign is closing. I got to keep it running. I got to adjust the targeting in there and I got to adjust the creative in there. You know what I'm saying, Casey? John, if you look at the top campaign here, this four pack lob rolls, uh, you can see actually the exact opposite effect. It's, it's bringing people into the account, into this world really effectively, but it's not that closing type. So you kind of need a little bit of both, right? Like this is Can't the Kobe. Close. One you described as the shack together, they make beautiful harmony in your ad account. Yeah, that one's lobbing it up. The other one's throwing it down. If you want to find out which of your campaigns are Kobe's, which ones are shacks, and which ones you should just cut entirely, don't even give them a roster spot, go to wickedreports.com and click the book a demo button. What's up, everybody? Today's episode is brought to you by Monk Commerce. It's a super slick in-cart upsell app. So if I want to buy these New Balance trainers I'm trying to get in shape, I add them to my cart. My cart opens up and it says, hey, look, you're only $5 away from free shipping. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll add this to my cart since you recommended it. And now I got my free shipping. But hold up, I'm only $38 away from a free gift. So why don't I add a pair of size eight new balance trainers to my cart for my girlfriend she's got bigger feet than me and now look at this it actually automatically added that free gift straight to my cart for me that will all be there when i check out super nifty app super slick super quick way to increase your aov go to monkcommerce.com try it free on your store for seven days we are back that was quick it's abrupt isn't it yeah i was like throwing up peace signs to the yeah, ig to, live to the ig live I'm glad we got it. We're here on IG Live. We got we're on IG. We're on YouTube. We're on like a bunch of platforms right now. We're on LinkedIn, um, and we are going to talk about some stuff today. Uh, quick intro of my guest Zoe Khan, host of one of my favorite e-commerce podcasts. Mostly because uh, most e-commerce podcasts are boring, and yours is not boring. So it's not a high bar but you definitely clear it uh though is it called what's your biggest oopsie or is it just the oopsie pod oopsie podcast and oopsie. that is very flattering i love that <laughs> but yes. you're right the bar there are some boring ecom d2c marketing podcasts out there it's so it's tough yeah it's tough if you're trying to drive and stay awake while you're listening to a marketing podcast <laughs> maybe listen to oopsie podcast <laughs> maybe listen to oopsie podcast there we go that's a perfect pitch for your podcast. I'm going to clip yeah. this and use it as an ad. If you want to stay awake. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, give us your background. Give give us the rundown on Zoe. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll start where I am today. Right now I do retention. Oh, you go backwards? Okay. That's cool. Oh, well, how do you? How would no, you, you like that's it? No. Okay. It's your okay. journey. It's your journey. So. <laughs> it's my journey. Okay. So right now I'm doing retention and CX at Chomps. Uh, Healthy meat snacks. You guys seen these? So we we're like a better for you slim gym. 
um, and I uh -huh. lead retention and CX. So uh, email, SMS, also participate or also um, do some brand stuff and then as well as oversee CX, so customer experience. But my um, background before this, uh, I took a little hiatus from uh, working or like working and I streamed on Twitch for full time for six months. So I literally played video games for six months straight. Um, and I was happy doing that. Um, I There was a couple different things that led to that, like streaming on Twitch, um, little hiatus that I did. But before that, I was in e-com D2C with Ghost Lifestyle, the supplement brand. We were just talking about it. A lot of yep. people look at it as like an energy drink brand. But um, when yeah. I started, it was just supplements. Yep. Um, yeah. And now there's like energy drinks everywhere, like every gas station or convenience store that you go to now you'll see ghost energy which is really cool to see because um it wasn't even a idea when i started and then i saw the cans go through like literally coming into hq having no label on them we would like get the cans in and marker the bottom of them so we knew which Just flavor like, it was. It, like yeah, hey, yeah literally yeah gotcha yeah literally uh so crazy to see that it's like in every single gas station now and like yeah. even like the rinky dink gas stations i'm like how do you guys have ghost yes. energy that's freaking wild um so yeah that's where i was before and then before that i managed gnc's um and that's how i got into ghost is i met some of the ghost uh people from gnc so nice uh retail cx ecom d2c and then creator the like hmm? yeah so uh just acknowledging the chat if we're not if we're ignoring you it's you know we know you're there we see you uh we're trying to get a somewhat clean podcast recording so it's not just going to be a chat interaction but yeah adam in the chat loves ghost he's a big fan of our sports pod so oh cool uh and then saw some people saying hi to you in the chat on ig um yeah interesting you said we're like just talking about it before this just a quick reminder everybody wasn't there for that that was just that was just you and me so right right so, yeah I, I keep getting mixed up yep. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> no okay so so one of the things i wanted to talk to you about is and, and we can get into i i think you know we're going to talk about just tools of the trade as creators as brands things like that um it's interesting having you because you're on both sides of it um but i am interested like you kind of said you alluded and i think you're trying to be like oh let me be short with my story and not you know do this rambling intro but you it was worked you hooked me so very interested why yeah why take a hiatus why what led to your hiatus from working to essentially become a full-time you know creator streamer on twitch uh great question so i should talk about first what got me into streaming so uh at my time at Ghost, we came out with Ghost Gamer, which is a nootropic like energy drink uh, that you can drink. It's powdered and you can drink it uh, for gaming and for focus or for work. But it's called Ghost Gamer. And when that came out, we uh, also started a um, Twitch channel. And I had no idea what Twitch was. I was like, why would you even why would you watch people play games if you could just play them yourself? Like I had no I, I didn't understand it, but um, I was helping out with just growing that channel and i got like super addicted i was like i helping grow twitch i was like okay i get it now i understand like why people want to watch and like interact with the creators and just like it's like it's a style of like vlogging almost but you're like yeah. so i get i got it yeah. uh, 
it's just a whole different world. It is one of those things. So I remember thinking the same thing about Twitch because like when somebody explained it to me, I'm like, you know that what that sounds like is like when you're a kid and like you go to a friend's house and they just like are like, yeah, I got this new video game. And then they sit, you, they play and they make you sit there and watch them play. And yeah. it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you're I like, can I? Can we take turns? Yeah, like turn. Like, do you got oh, another? Me, dude, you got another controller. Like, can we not just both play this game? But they're like, no, no, I want to. You know, yeah. I want to beat the story mode. But like, yeah. So when somebody first explained Twitch to me, I was like, that seems awful, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, that's what I associated. But it's not like there is. You get it, it. Twitch is one of those things that is very much like a if you know, you know type of thing. Like, you gotta. Oh, yeah. If you participate in it, you're like. No, it's good. And and that's, there are good creators and bad creators, right? Like bad creators probably are that person who just sit, sits there and plays and makes you watch them. And good creators are people who interact and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. And, and so you got hooked with, was Ghost using internal people? Like were you streaming for Ghost or was it like, were they partnering with doing collabs? That was, that was kind of like the joke was like, oh, uh Zoe doesn't know how to game. Let's like have her play every once in a while and like, let's that. make fun of her. Um, that's, that's pretty much what we're doing with our uh, sports podcast. Casey, who you met before this, uh, is streaming, uh, yeah. and and he'll like play on easy mode and still lose like a yeah. fair amount. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like we like we call it hunting dubs or hunting wins. It's like mostly we're gonna not win. So right. when we win, it's a big deal. Uh, yeah, and it's like let's make fun of him while we do it. It's a oh. whole other brand of streaming. Casey had to come in and give tell us about it. Hey guys, that's not. That's not very nice to talk about me while I'm right here. You know, you could at least wait till I'm not around and talk trash behind my back. I wouldn't want to do that. I want to talk trash behind your back. I talk trash dubs. directly to your face. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Hunting Dubs, Triple Cross Podcast, YouTube channel. Check it out. Or on oh, Twitch, too. Just saying. Little plug, little plug. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Okay. So then why then Zoe? Back to Zoe. This isn't about you, Casey. God. All right. I was just taking the, taking the attention. Um. <laughs> why then why go back to work so you got addicted to streaming while you're at ghost addicted is a weird let's not maybe throw that a word around so lightly uh but you got into streaming while you're at ghost uh you were kind of one of the internal streamers there and then did that actually like build your following on twitch like why you know i, I guess that covers like why you did it like why go back or is it like oh money i needed money or what you know no actually so I started streaming part-time while I was at Ghost. Um, uh -huh. So I would like do my day job. And then, and it was uh, during COVID was when it's like, so we had- Yeah, it was a good time to so be a streamer. Yeah. It was the best time to be a streamer. Um, so I would just like do my normal like day job um, with Ghost. And then like, we would take like a little break and then uh, like the Ghost fam, we would, we would stream together, like from okay. like, I don't know. We would hop on at like 7 p.m. and stream till like 2 a.m. sometimes and then like Jeez. go to sleep, wake up, do ghost work and like repeat. Like that was like our we just did that like every day. So I streamed off my own channel. Um, So like when I didn't stream that often off the ghost channel, like just every once in a while and like if they needed um, someone to and then, uh, yeah, I would stream off my own channel and I started uh creating a following and I actually created a following less from like ghost following, but I had a, uh, I was growing my TikTok during that time too. Ooh. And so I got a lot of followers from TikTok. Um, and it was like a scary thing for me because I didn't under, I still didn't understand Twitch. And I thought it was like, 
when people were coming into the stream and they were like people I didn't know because it started off as like oh it's my everybody. friend from work or it's like yeah. uh, I know that this is a customer from Ghost and then when these like random people would like be in my chat and they're like can I play and or like just like oh I don't know saying weird stuff about me being a girl gaming I'd yeah. be like oh my god I'm gonna end my stream and I would like end my stream because I was scared <laughs> like I was so confused like that uh -huh. like I should have like capitalized on all these like randos coming from my is it like back. a bunch of is it like a bunch of like thirst comments like what is it like what it was just like weird uh, um, it was more people saying like can i can i play with you to like help you get better because i literally because i was so bad so and they were like stereotype like you're like this white girl like doesn't know how to play like just the stereotype I was like so bad. i don't know what i'm doing yeah, yeah. and it was it was like that was like how i gained my following though it was like because i started like literally i first played warzone like my first time pressing like play was like live. on stream live uh -huh. so yeah, people okay. just would like try to like teach me how to play while like in my chat like my chat was teaching me how to play oh, and so gotcha. people were constantly like can i join your squad can i join your squad and I, it would like overwhelm me and i'd get those things like random people and i would just like end my stream i wouldn't even say goodbye i'd like get overwhelmed out. yeah um okay. so that's like how so you're growing started. a following by just not knowing what you were doing mm -hmm. and both yeah. as a streamer and as a gamer yeah and people and kind of stuck around because of it's that it's endearing they, yeah they got to see like me become like know what i'm doing on streaming and on mm -hmm. the game uh so that's how i built it and i started making good money part time while I was at Ghost. Okay. And this gaming like brought weird opportunities to me. Uh so this is actually why I left Ghost. I um got an opportunity to film a TV show that was that they recruited me because I was into gaming and fitness. Um cuz mm -hmm. Ghost and I we didn't really like touch on this but like um I was I'm very into like fitness and health and lifestyle and I actually mm -hmm. used to compete in um bikini bodybuilding too so that was like that's like an old me um mm -hmm. but so i was into fitness and gaming which i think is becoming more and more popular but like typically you think gamers you don't think like health and wellness right um so i got recruited to be on this little tv show but it had to be filmed in australia for six weeks um and we had just gone back into the office and like it just like wasn't going to work out if I wanted to do the TV show. I couldn't stay at Ghost. Um, mm -hmm. So I was like, OK, I don't know if this TV show and it's called Frogger. It's on Peacock. I'm in episode four. It's like not that cool. Um, <laughs> but now we know, you, though. Yeah, you're you an open book. I, I appreciate you being an open book. Like sometimes when I do stuff that's not that cool, I'm like, just bury that deep down. Yeah, I, I mean, you can watch anybody. it. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's kind of like uh, it's like a wipeout style TV show. Oh my um, gosh. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I was in like the very first season. I'm not even sure if they're like going to do another season, but it was uh -huh. a very uh, scary decision for me to make because I was either going to keep my job that I loved. It, like ghost is like a cool place to work, you know, right. uh, had all my friends there. I was like, had my people, you know? So it was like, stay there or like take this like weird TV opportunity. And then like afterwards, stream on twitch full-time like it was yeah. all like and the the tv opportunity was like oh there's a new streaming platform called peacock it was before peacock was a thing right and it was like during like during COVID, and they're like and we're gonna fly you to australia and like uh, nobody like, could I'm, get into bet. australia at the time i'm like yeah 
this is like this doesn't seem real and um so i was like i took this huge leap and i filmed this tv show um that i got like paid for it and then it was really fun i went to australia for six weeks i actually streamed while i was in australia um from like my hotel room and i like built my i knew that like once i got home like streaming was gonna be my full-time thing like i needed to like make sure i was making enough money doing it to like pay my chicago bills um and yeah i made it work and uh i streamed for six months full-time and then i got recruited actually to work at chomps and i said no two or three times before i actually um wanted like because i was literally playing video games it was like yeah like go back to ecom or play video games right right. (laughs) so why so why why go back to ecom like you said no a few times why did you say Mm -hmm. yes in the end i interviewed and i just like loved everybody who worked there and everything they they represented like uh the team at champs is amazing the owners are so cool um and they have like the same values as me of like being healthy and like balanced and everything and then also i kind of missed that like teamwork of like working towards like revenue goals and things and like marketing campaigns and like all of those like team building things that you you're work just in together. A, you're just in a silo essentially as a gamer i mean there's yeah there's clan, like there's different like people who kind of team up or whatever but yeah you're it's like in the end it's you right yeah yeah so i i really missed like that part of it and it was like really cool to be a full-time streamer but it wasn't as fulfilling as you you'd think like you would game and like sometimes you'd win the game but then like then you do it again you know and like you like talk to chat and you like ask them how their day is you tell them how your day is and like it's just like this repetitive cycle of like same thing every day and like yes you're getting more followers you're getting more subscribers and like there's but there's like that's kind of it it's like there's no like moving up really besides getting more followers and maybe getting like some brand deals but um i missed the like goals and like working as a team and like furthering my career and everything that's interesting i've never yeah i've never thought of like being of that like aspect of creatorship and so this is where i want to uh maybe infuse this conversation into like uh kind of i i say this word all the time and i hate this word every time i say it, it's creator economy Ugh, yuck it's such a buzzword but uh it, it's kind of where maybe i want to infuse infuse this into the idea of like what what is lo- being a creator look like today because because essentially you just said a bunch of stuff that like i think that most people who are and, and maybe people who think of themselves as influencers specifically uh they don't think it's not their idea of being a creator or influencer their idea is i build my following i get brand deals and I get like I make money recommending products or or whatever right like I essentially mm-hmm. become my own little media company which is not untrue it is what you do but uh but all of it sounds like all of your biggest wins essentially have come from being like doing something a little bit more than that in terms of like being more like oh I did this tv show or I did this and the thing that you didn't like was what that was the model I just described of like oh I create content build my following recommend products you're like it's just the same stuff all the time and that that was the part that you didn't like so did your background as a streamer creator did that play into chomps recruiting you or or anything is that related in any way to your opportunity at chomps or what you do at chomps or anything like that i think they might have thought it was unique um because sometimes like and we've done like certain it's like totally not chomps current demographic 
Um, but like it's it's unique because we want to increase like our household penetration rate and like we want to be available to everyone and actually like make sense for like gamers to eat chomps because it's like a clean like it's clean like physically clean like it's not like doritos and you're getting like your dorito fingers on and cheeto fingers on like your keyboard but then it's also like a clean snack and easy protein whatever so it's like it kind of makes sense for that to be like a gaming snack so i'm i think that was like unique in my background and i've actually found that not only like gaming um but like just being like a smaller creator like micro influencer whatever the fuck you want to call it oh am i allowed to swear yeah yeah okay (laughs) i mean you just did so i guess yeah i'm just kidding i was just kidding no casey swears all the time on the show i've never sworn once okay cool Uh, that's all right that's (laughs) um but yeah so i think it's like uh it's nice for me to have that knowledge but i don't that wasn't like why they i don't think (laughs) why they hired me it was more for like my knowledge in cx um which is what i originally got hired for um and i got recruited also because the um accountant one of the accountants on the finance team he worked with me at at ghost and had like the really great things to say which was really nice Mm -hmm. um so that's like how i got the connection and everything how do you think your experience and this is just like this is like the most general question ever by the way I will come clean on this because I felt guilty instantly after I said it. The first person to ever swear on Modern Commerce was me. Uh, <laughs> and I I don't swear very much personally, but you are 100% allowed to swear on the show. Yes. If, if swearing is part of your normal thing, that's fine. I just don't. Does that swear. feel good to get off your chest? I, I feel, yes. I feel good. a burden has been lifted at this point. Casey was going to come say it anyway. Yeah, man. So. I mean, you can't be lying to the people like that. That's that's not what happened. That's not how it went down. I won't do you like that. I won't do you like that. Uh, no, yeah, I, I. So this happens. I've noticed this, this is a little aside, a little back, a little, little behind the scenes on our podcast because I don't swear very much. I've noticed other people like who swear in their normal, like don't like feel weird about it or like they just don't swear on our shows. Like I've noticed that on our sports show as well. We we specifically have two guests that's like very clear that they never swear and i'm like i don't think you guys never swear in your regular lives like i don't know something about me makes people feel like they can't swear i guess yeah you're just I, the yeah. wholesome guy wholesome guy john that's it yeah yeah did you yeah. you i mean you instantly were like oh am i allowed to swear was there something I, about well, me that made you for- feel like <laughs> no i always just forget to like ask because on our po- podcast we just swear and we everyone swears but like usually it's like etiquette to ask before you start swearing on someone else's right. podcast and i didn't follow that etiquette so yeah and that's really what i'm more upset about it's not that you swore it's that you didn't ask ahead of time it was yeah. really poor etiquette casey was gonna come asked. in and berate you anyway that's really why i jumped on stage yeah <laughs> i accept that. i and yeah. respect that. it's on you it's on you uh no so i th- what you said was like i think uh this is like a generalized question of like i think people with different varying experience and there's like lots of research around this um in sports like some of the best athletes are people are not athletes who like specialized early right like they played a lot of different things um and they're they're like better when they do specialize um people with varying degrees of experience uh in different things are like more capable in in whatever chosen profession there are and there's even there's even studies that show that like when people from different professions 
like just share the problems like that they're trying to solve with each other someone from another profession that knows nothing about their problem will be like oh you could try this and then like or that like with this yeah. very basic knowledge will be like oh why don't you try this and it's like whoa that's it that's the solution because it's like oh something like th they just relate it right um so so i step long setup for a very simple question do you feel like being a gamer being a streamer interacting with people constantly in a chat and doing it for yourself in this way that it's like this is my livelihood these people will have to like me or at least come back and watch me on a regular basis do you think that helps you and makes you a better customer experience person you know in in your like profession yeah i think really it obvious helps. answer i guess but yeah <laughs> i think it helps on like multiple different le levels like actually so many different levels so like when i was at ghost i was doing uh i was on the customer experience customer support uh i was a manager there um i would actually get customers who would have like, ghost issues come into my chat and like be like <laughs> while you're hey. streaming <laughs> yeah i'm like like they'd be like hey like um is something wrong with my order or like i received the wrong thing and i'm like Okay. Did you like, did you we, have Twitch plugged into your uh, into your CX into your customer yeah. submit service? Yeah, I'm tech? like, okay, well, let me fix your issue right now. <laughs> no, yeah. but like, it was interesting to like, like humanize yourself for these people, and I think that you can like take that idea and like that's like a big thing that I have with my values as like a, uh, for customer experience is like humanizing. Yeah, and I think being going through that and being like, okay. Um, not only are like, we're always trying to prove that we're real people on the other side, but like our customers are real people. Like they'll come to a, my Twitch stream and know that I manage the customer support at Ghost and ask me questions, you know? Um, so like that humanizing aspect to it, but then also um, opening up your mind to so many different um, types of consumers, because like it used to be like, for example, like what we were just talking about is like, that's not our demographic is it's not like get millennial gamers or anything. It's like, uh, it's a whole different demographic and having gone through like learning a whole new world, like a, literally gaming is like a billion dollar industry. It like shows yeah. you that there's so much more than your like your pigeonholed, like demographic that you're trying to target, target, target. And I think that, helps me with like literally every aspect of business is like mm -hmm. there's a whole other world than the like your your prime demographic and like yes you want to like focus on that like niche at first but then after you like master that niche you can expand to everything else you know yeah. um so i think that's there's like a bunch of different things that it helped with yeah no i i i think it's like uh, having some experience, right? Like managing like live chat, interacting with people live and stuff like that, probably not anywhere near to the degree that you have. It is, I'm like, oh, it's like a crash course in like just humanizing yourself, humanizing them, interacting. Sometimes I say weird stuff. Sometimes it's like, I don't think you know how to type. Like, I'm pretty sure you didn't mean to type that. I have no idea what you're trying to say, but you still have to react to it somehow. Right. And you got to think quickly, you know, mm -hmm. um, and and I think a lot of that's like super applicable to really any job, but like especially customer experience. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so so this leads me to a, a thought that I have, but I'll, I'll leave this open ended for you. Do you see. OK, so you work brand side and you've also been a creator do you see that there being kind of an evolution in the way that brands and creators work together specifically one away from i think there was there 
there's kind of like there was a few years of this like pay for post thing right or like pay you know pay twitch streamer to say something about product during stream or whatever right like you know it, it, this very transactional like i'll pay you money you do this thing do you think that they're that we're moving away from that like as like brands and, and creators are not or brands and influencers are not going to continue to collaborate that way it's such a great question because um and i think it really really depends on the brand because you've got this like brand awareness part of influencing and then you've got like roi driven and like m making sure that like what you're paying for is you're getting back in revenue for these creators so like yeah. but it's really hard to measure that brand awareness and i think that when you're a brand that's like in retail um that brand awareness is like so much more important because or you can like flex a little bit on that like brand awareness and like just asking creators to like talk about it and um and that affects should we like pay them to do it or should we just give them a affiliate code or should we yeah. there's so many different ways you can go about it and creators nowadays are like charging a lot of money As, yeah yeah like, <laughs> and it, it, it's an economy that needs to correct correct self-correct and i think it will a little bit right because the brands will stop paying that much but yeah especially it's... now going into recession that's the first right. thing that people are pulling is their marketing like they're not just going to give like they're, eventually if like we really go into like a hard recession they're not going to give a streamer 50k to like say what like just put in like the creators are going to have to start working like in proving their numbers and everything and there's so many ways for creators to do that but normal creators who don't have marketing backgrounds might not understand that like that yeah. like you need to get if someone's paying you this much money and they're an online exclusive d to c exclusive brand your coupon code has to reflect this many sales for it to even make it worth for that you to talk about it um and i think that's where creators and brands are kind of like fighting each other right now um depending on what it is i do think that brands need to like let up a little bit and like understand that the brand awareness um is very important for especially if you're in retail um like for ghost example for example like their ghost energy is like freaking everywhere right so like even if someone's talking about ghost anywhere like those creators should be valued more than just what their coupon code usage is because they can get ghost in in vitamin shop they can get it in gnc they can get it in Dick's sporting goods then net then the energy is like everywhere so like that mm -hmm. brand awareness part of it is should be like more valued for those brands that have distribution in stores everywhere but if there's if there's a d2c brand that only sells online you can be a little bit more picky of like okay this is your code performance did this and or your engagement on social media did this um it really depends on like the distribution of the product and right. i do think that like yeah creators are getting a little crazy even myself like I I used to do stuff just for free product, you know, and sometimes I still do. But like, if someone wants me to like put put time and effort into like making some stories or some like content for them that they're going to use as like paid media, like please pay yeah. me for that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I I I like what I love that I love not so I love two things about what you just said. One, creators like there's there's going to have to be an evolution of creators where they understand the value that they bring a little bit better uh than maybe they do now 
um, or, or they just maybe now don't feel like that's their job to do. Right. Uh, but I think that the brand side, I, I love what you said. I'll probably clip it. I'll probably, <clears throat> you know, put it on YouTube. I'll put it on Instagram and I'll send it to brands every time they say that they're not getting an ROI from influencer marketing or from, from creators, because let's not put this all on the creators. Yes. Maybe they do over. Yes. Maybe that economy does need to self correct a little bit, but I brands also have this tendency to just like, what's the coupon code usage? What's the direct ROI when like by nature, when somebody's engaging with a creator, they're like there, they're there with them, especially a streamer, right? Like if you promote something and you're like, Hey, yeah, use this coupon code or whatever. And you're streaming, like they're not they're You're streaming. Like they want to stay there with you. They don't want to go use that coupon code right now. So then later, you know, when they're at the gas station, they're like, Oh yeah, ghost. That was that one that she used. Like I'll, I'll get, I'll try it. Whatever. Like I got to, they feel like they got a reco right for mm -hmm. it. And, and that doesn't go on your, you know, like, and, and even if it's D to C, like, you know, they might see an ad for it later and be like, oh yeah, that was the one that got recommended. And then it gets attributed to ads, not attributed to the creator. So let's not like put all of this on the influencers and creators because by nature, people are engaging with them and want to continue to engage with them when it's getting promoted. So there is some brand awareness aspect there. Um, we say this all the time on the pod. Uh, one of the biggest things that people want to know when they're trying to buy ad spots is like, what's the ROI going to be? And in a B2B pod, especially it's like, well, how do you want to measure that dude? Cause like mm -hmm. if they go to your website and book a demo, like they're not, you're not going to know it's even from us. There's no promo code. And then they're like, well, we can make a special landing page for you. And I'm like, well, why would they go to that? Even they just Google your name. Like yeah. furthermore, it's a podcast. They're working out, they're driving, they're doing something else, you know, like they're not like rushing to go over to your website to book a demo this instant. Um, in fact, they probably have to hear us say it 13, 14 times, maybe not that many, five, maybe, I don't know, somewhere in there, somewhere between two we'll do and some stats. We'll, we'll 3,000. <laughs> yeah, 3,000 times. You need to buy 3,000 ad spots from us. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's when you'll get, you'll start seeing the ROI. Yeah, and science. I can get some tips for creators actually for this like brand awareness part because like you said you said it yeah. very well like, that like the first time they see a creator using it they're probably not going to um convert right away but um what i did um if you guys are familiar with like and you can do this with any platform if you're a creator and um looking to prove yourself to brands um i made a discord channel for like my top two uh, so I made a discord channel that I called like everything ghost and everything chomps so that yeah. I can see when people go into store and it, like I encourage them to like and people do this all the time anyways they like are, they will tell you like for when I was streaming like oh I picked up chomps at Whole Foods today I'm like oh cool like you know so like they're they're sometimes telling you that they're doing these things but you're not getting rewarded for it monet right. monetarily um, besides like that brand awareness part of like if a brand paid you up front to talk about it, then that's already what you got like paid for to do. And that was that's them going into retailers is the brand's return on investment. Right. right. So but what I did was created like a channel where my uh, followers can post every time that they um, go in and like get something in retail. So like I had like all this, like I had this like huge discord of like everyone buying ghost energy in store. And it's like, I can bring that back to like the athlete manager and say, Hey, like this is not my coupon code. Did this per perform this well? I had like all this brand awareness from 
all these people posting in my discord and people that creating like FOMO yeah. from other people get, grabbing it and saying like, even they would be like, I grabbed this at 7-Eleven. I grabbed this at Quick Stop. I grabbed this, you know, and like right. my followers are like creating awareness of like where you can get these products. So it's like yeah. huge. And then on top of that, you also have people um, tagging you on like Instagram stories. Uh, they'll like pick something up, tag you on Instagram. Like creators should like save all of that, you know? and use that to like uh to continue to get your brand deals and like show your worth you know because like i think creators have a hard time showing their worth if they don't have this marketing background and they don't understand what um brands are looking yeah. for i think another thing another tip i would have for creators i love those i love that you did the discords like and that's the thing it's like your biggest fans will then so so this is i think another idea is like your biggest fans the people who are most into you as a creator they will also like almost instantly before they buy it become one of ghost's best customers assuming they like it they're going to try it if they like it then it's like that's going to be their go-to or they'll be one of chomp's best customers because like that's going to be their go-to because they already are into you they just want to be into the things you're into so as long as they like it they're going to be so that's another thing you can kind of bring to brands is that it's like hey you know like especially if you have people in that discord who are like look this same person bought it you know four times like every brand knows and this is just a little little insight for creators uh, every brand knows that there's sort of this 80-20 rule. And really, it's more of like a 95-5 rule where 5% of your customers are better than the other 95%. And they, they might bring in just as much revenue as the other 95%. Like they buy all the time. They buy everything they launch. They're like super fans. So if you can show to a brand that like I am far more likely, maybe, maybe you don't get tons of conversions off my coupon code, but the conversions you do get, those are most likely to be in that 5%. They're most likely to be your super fan customers. Um, that's true. And I've actually seen that play out. We, I work with a brand that does a, a royalty deal with a creator and, uh, and they're like, all of our best customers are people who have brought her, who have bought her product. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's like, the, I mean, you're instantly, you're kind of as a brand, I don't want to say hijacking, but I'm going to say it hijacking, like the, the no like, and trust factor of that creator by supporting them. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, we're, we can make the case for creator and influencer marketing all day. I think, you know, there's a lot there for creators. I do think though, um, you know, just to give my two cents and then I think we'll, we'll move on maybe to a different topic. I do think that we're going to see a little bit of a different approach to this. And I think that really what will happen is like, I look at it as like, what other value can you bring besides just like promoting the product on your Instagram or you know, sharing the product on your podcast or whatever. Uh, so, so an example of what this might look like for for you, Zoe, might be like, okay, you work CX at, at Chomps. You already do that, right? If they're like, hey, we are actually kind of interested in getting into the gaming market. How could we do that? You could be like, well, look, I mean, maybe I spend of my work week 10, 15, however many hours, some portion of my work week streaming and like streaming for Chomps. I can go from the Chomps channel. I can go from my channel. I can build us up on Twitch, right? And so it's like, you know, whether you're working for a company or doing something and, and it also breaks up the monotony in a sense, right? Like Ghost is at a point now that they might hire someone to be a streamer, maybe not full-time, but it's like, oh, you can do this thing for us and you can also stream like let's actually make that part of your job to stream for us you see this all the time in b2b right like my role at 
structured agency was to be the head of performance, but a, a big portion of my job was to also like share content and share what's working and like get that stuff out there and also share that with our other people who had personal brands to share it and stuff. So like it, you know, I think that that's a whole other layer of this where it's like, if you can start to understand the brand side a little bit more as a creator, you can do these more meaningful collaborative, like partnerships with fewer brands, which is easier as a creator to do fewer partnerships with fewer brands. And they're more meaningful, more, more collaborative. You're bringing more value to it. And you're having more fun, honestly, because you're not just doing that monotonous, like I create, I get brand deals, I create, I get brand deals all the time. Yeah, I love that. I mean, um, I might be like, just a kiss ass, but I think that the brands you work for, you should be advocates for. So like, I do that shit, like, just yeah for fun, you know, like, I, um, I mean, it would be awesome to take 10 day, 10 hours of my week out and stream instead. But um, right. I'm like one of those people who like, if I work for a brand, I'm going to like incorporate it in like everything yeah. outside because um, I don't think it takes like that much effort to be like these like advocates for your job. Um, if it's things you're doing outside anyways, and the more you advocate for your brands or like the, the brands that you work for, the better they're going to do and see that you like, and uh, yeah, they should reward you for that, you know, um, in yeah. other ways. Assuming you work, if you really like the brand, probably they're the kind of brand that will reward you for doing that. And, mm -hmm. and maybe it doesn't look like that. And maybe they're like, Hey, look, no, we need you to be a full-time customer service manager. But like, if you're wanting to stream, how can we support that? You know, mm -hmm in the you know hours outside of 9 a.m to 5 p.m monday through friday right yeah. or however they want to define it because that's the other thing is I, I guess i'll ask you do you find and maybe it go, maybe this is more relevant at ghost than at chomps do you find that there's a bleed because i i do think so this is maybe the danger of what i was just saying when you become this internal influencer let's call mm -hmm. it uh there can be a little bit of a bleed uh between like what is work and what is not work uh but is work adjacent and what's expected from the company and the culture, right? Like, what you know, at Ghost, I'm sure you weren't required to be on those streams with everybody, but I'm sure that it was, without saying it was expected, it was expected, right, to a degree. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, give me your thoughts on that. Like, is there bleed and how do you manage it? Uh, I think if you're, if you're not careful, there could definitely be, like, more bleed. But, like... I want, like, if I ever was like, no, I don't want to do that, they would have never forced me to do it. But I wanted to be doing those things. And I I really am, like, such a person that goes, like, above and beyond my job description. And I think that's, like, how I've gotten to where I am today. Um, otherwise, I think I would have been, like, years behind where I am in my career. So um, I do think, though, like, you could, like, it's, like, that meme that they're, like, oh, if you're if you're good at your job, you get rewarded by getting to do everyone else's job too. <laughs> and right. then like get paid the same. So like, I think there's that like, uh, there's this like fine line, but honestly, I don't really care because like, that's where, how you, you learn and you advance in your career and it hard work. Like, I don't know if it's like a karma thing or what, but like the, your hard work that you put in, if it's not going to be rewarded, like at your, like where you are today, you're going to learn so much from just going above and beyond and like giving those things and 
um, creating for your brand and like other people will see that or maybe even like other brands will see it and be like, holy shit, she like not only kills it at her job, but she's like a complete advocate for this brand. Like we would die to have her to work for our company, you know? So like, I think that no matter what, like if you're going to put in hard work, if it's not going to be rewarded today, it'll be rewarded in another way um, in the future for something else, whether it's like from you learning something or from other people noticing what you're doing. If you're, and I would say that if it's not, if you're like, because I was just thinking of a situation where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I think that there, I've been in a situation before where that's not the case. And given, I, I would say I haven't had like a real job for like a long time, but <laughs> I've had one, I've essentially had one real job uh, since I've started creating content at all, which is like, I kind of feel like it makes it obvious what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> like, I think there's there's a time, a chapter of my life where I felt that that kind of where, where it actually became an expectation that i was going to do things that that weren't really part of like what my job description was be, would be you know what i mean but it's like oh that's just that's what's got to happen in order to make this work and you know if you want to make it work you want to make it work if you don't then then you don't then it, you know and if that's how you feel and if it's stuff that you don't really want to do uh or if it's like well i do want to do it i just don't want to do it under those circumstances then it's just, yeah, I mean, you got to look, you got to look around, you know, and and maybe it's just not that situation just isn't right for you anymore. But if you've been putting in the hard work and, and, uh, you know, I go back and forth on like, should everybody grow a personal brand or not? But if you've been putting in the hard work and if you've been, you know, going above and beyond creating content, building a personal brand, you'll probably have some opportunities, right? And and you'll have opportunities where, you know, maybe it will be integrated as part of your job or maybe it won't, but it will be rewarded. Um, so yeah, I agree. I, I now, do want to go ahead. In, can go ahead. I ask you a question about that? Yeah. Um, now in that situation, did you speak up about what your expectations It was were? certainly a situation where I don't think that speaking up would have been met well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, so, so that's what I mean. If you're there, if that's where you are kind of in your situation, it's like, hey, I know that this stuff's being expected of me. It's not being outright verbalized. It's, had I said something, they'd have been like, no, no, no. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, that's not. The I think absolutely not. But you know it is, and so and so. If it, if you're in a situation like that, then it's like you're just kind of in a bad like life situation, and and you got to do what you got to do, right, to pay the bills. But uh, yeah, you just got to know that it's this isn't great. You know, if if, yeah. if you're feeling a certain kind of way. Yeah, I'm a really strong advocate for like if you're not happy at your job, then fucking leave. Like. <laughs> Don't be scared because there's so many opportunities out there. And like, maybe it's like easy for me to say because like, I don't know, but I, I just think you can like create so much opportunity for yourself. And there's like literally no point to be staying somewhere that's like where you're not valued. And like, especially if you have like a good skill. And I think that some jobs and some like leaders or founders do a good job at suppressing people. And which is like, really fucking sad and like literally ingraining like imposter syndrome in people where they're like scare them to like stay but like there's so much opportunity out there in the world like you just have to go out and find it and that might sound like cliche or whatever but it's like so true principally i'll agree practically i will give you the the pushback yeah Uh, so uh principally yes i and and really the best mindset to have is that uh is an abundance mindset around money, around life, period, uh, around opportunity. 
there's different life situations. I am the sole provider of a family of four. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, so that's three a lot kids, of that's a lot three of kids. kids, me, and or sorry, five, three kids, me, my wife, and mm -hmm. uh, we, like she, my wife doesn't work, right? So, mm -hmm. so like I can't be overly reckless for sure. Um, and so there's definite definite fear when it's like, and and the other thing that I did is like I took sort of like a a role job situation where. I hadn't done, I, I had been an entrepreneur for the however many years before that. And so then it's like, I kind of went all in on this thing and I felt like, oh man, now I like kind of like have to start from scratch, you know, or whatever. So yeah, I mean, look, there there was probably some unreasonable fear there, but there's also some reasonable, like I can't be reckless. Uh, so, so there's some practical, like, you know, I'm not going to be an advocate for like, if you don't like your job, just recklessly leave, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I can't like can't fully sign off on that statement. Why uh, can't you just go to Australia and quit your yeah, job and play video Australia games? Go to Australia and play video games and get on the Australian version of Wipeout. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, it's you know I don't know. It's you got to know your situation. But but if you are feeling trapped, you especially if you have a skill, if you're capable, that's the other thing that happens. Usually, it's when this company is in a bad spot. Right. So it's not necessarily always a fact. It's sometimes it's a situational thing. And that's what I would say it was here. Actually love the founders, love everyone I worked with. The company was in a tough spot, which then made me like gave me some imposter sh syndrome. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, it shouldn't be, I'm part of this, right? Like I should be more capable than this. Right. Uh, but it's just, you know, set of circumstances or maybe some lack of capability by me i don't know fully right mm -hmm. uh but but yeah it's like you know that that whole thing that whole feeling it's never uh, when everything's going well everyone's like hey, cool everybody's making money yeah, don't care yeah. what's going on you know i we don't really care what you're doing man as long as we're making money um but like yeah when the company's in a bad spot that's when the feeling starts to be there and that's when also like it, it trickles right like mm -hmm. then you have a situation you have to take care of at home and then you have you know, you're like, well, is the company in a bad spot because of me? Because I'm supposed to be in this role that doesn't put the company in a bad spot, right? So th there's all that stuff. Uh, but if you tend to believe in your capabilities, which you should, uh, even if you're not, even if you haven't gotten any wins lately, the the learns that you've gotten from the losses are also valuable. Um, yeah, you should be on the lookout, you know, for just other opportunities, which I was, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's I'm getting a, doing a little therapy session here. <laughs> That's Should we switch? Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's what we always get into on Oopsie Podcast. People start like, they're like, wait, am I in therapy or am I on a podcast? So sorry. Yeah. Well, cause, cause the whole principle of Oopsie, right. Is that mm -hmm. we, is that you talk about like big mistakes, you know, mm -hmm. and then anytime there's been a big mistake, you have the tendency to say, what was the situation? What was the set of circumstances that I had no control over? And then what was me, you know, like what, what, like, where did I actually mess up? Um, I do want to switch gears a little bit and talk about 50 minutes into the podcast, talk about what you asked to tell or what you wanted to talk about oh, up front. Yeah. Um, and, and let's talk about just how it's, how things have gotten harder specifically from a, I mean, I guess you said specifically from a tech and tools perspective, but I think that you could say in general, things have gotten harder for both creators and brands, creator side, brand side. Uh, it's just gotten harder to build. Um, yeah. I'll leave that open-ended. Like, yeah. What are your thoughts on that lately? That's something you've been thinking about. Yeah, I'll give an example because this has been coming up kind of often, even just like in like the creator world, but then also like in the tech space, it's harder for people to like start from zero and know nothing about both of those worlds. So for example, uh, this is just like a 
one that maybe a lot of people can relate to is that, like if you were to join Instagram in 2013 and it was like very basic, you post a picture, they use hashtags and that's like it, like maybe a little caption and hashtags and you post it. And like to get reach on Instagram, that was, that's like all it was. There was like an explore page and like people looked up hashtags. Some people followed hashtags and that was it. Now, if you had never used Instagram and you download it today, it's a whole nother app. You have like so many features to you to learn to use um, outside of just hashtags and um, to get reach and uh, on Instagram, for example, you have to use all the features and because they're, it's so saturated and Instagram's algorithm like pushes people who use all the features and especially all the new features. So. Yeah. This can be like related to every single like tech if it's in your business or anything or like if you're a business trying to grow your social, um, it is like really hard for people because I, for example, downloaded Instagram in 2013 and they, every like couple months there was a new feature and it's like, okay, cool. You now I can add a location. Plan. Yeah. And then a couple more months. Oh, now I can um, like add a, do a carousel photo and put more than one picture on there and like slowly but surely like all these features just stacked on top of each other and I know how to use the app but yeah. and it's something I've been thinking a lot because it's also like we use um gorgeous as like our uh help desk um I used Go gorgeous not as like an, not a sponsor <laughs> but um I used it as like an early adapter and like now there's so many more features than there was when I first started using it and I'm when I'm consulting um I see these brands are so like overwhelmed with yeah like the dashboard and stuff and i'm like at first i'm like it's easy it's, to use you just set it up like and like you can organize everything and i'm like why like why aren't you using all these features and but it's because i've learned that you did that piecemeal like a little at a time that oh yeah exactly so it's yeah. like i learned as i went and like it was just like easy instead of just like trying to especially because like when you're running a brand or you're working for a brand you're like you don't have time to like sit here and like learn how all these features for eight hours you know yeah um the, so it's interesting so this creates i think there's two things going on right like there's this outside looking in effect where uh when you were talking about instagram i was just thinking about like okay if you were somebody who was like okay today 20 today while we're doing this podcast is 2023 right uh for those if, of you listening in 2062 right. yes in 2062 you found this in the archive uh is it, today in 2023 if you're an instagram user you followed people, you know, you follow up influencers, whoever you see what they're doing. And then you say, all right, I want to start building my own for like, you might start doing what they're doing, not realizing that like you follow them though, right? Like the reason you're seeing that is because you follow them and there's actually like different features that get you discovered by new non-followers, right? That you're not seeing from the people that, that you follow. So there's like also this, and the same is true of any tech. It's like, there's this misleading thing where it's like, you're going to jump in and start using it in a way that you see it used. Uh, but it, that's like not actually the best way to use it for what you for what you want. And there's like no information out there about that. Or there is, but you have to dig for it. Instagram certainly doesn't tell you. Um, it, the other thing that I think it creates is like, uh, Right. The other thing, I think that reason this happens on the on the tech side or on the um, we'll call it brand side. You know, the reason this happens in Instagram or in Gorgeous is because at a certain point, uh, they're 
their growth rate, their growth curve flattens, let's say, mm -hmm. right? So there's a phase of their business where they're getting tons and tons of new users, right? And, and during that phase of their business where they're getting tons and tons of new users, they're mostly focused on new users, acquiring them, onboarding them. Uh, and the best way to onboarding them is make it simple, right? Like mm -hmm. keep it simple. Uh, so, so that's what they're focused on. And then that growth start curve starts to flatten only because they have so many users now, right? Like they could still be a, acquiring the same number of new users, but now they've just got a bunch and their current users are requesting these features. And there's a bigger like monetization, let's call it money-making opportunity uh, to release a new feature for their old users than there is yeah. by acquiring more new users. So they release a new feature for their old users and they continue to do that and do that. And fast forward five, six, seven, eight years, they don't even realize that like there's still new users coming on that don't know how to use all these features that they've released because they got to a point where their old, their their current users, active users was so much bigger than their new users. That's all they started thinking about, right? So I don't know if that's helpful, but that, yeah. that's exactly so, like yeah. what happens at these techs. So if you're a creator or like a business that's trying to crack into it, it's like you need someone like you, a consultant or some kind of content, like you need to be consuming some kind of content. Of like, how do I do this right now? If it's TikTok, then just get on there and do stuff because nobody knows anything yet. But like... <laughs> Yeah, or like I mean, yeah, TikTok's a whole nother world, but it's it's is interesting the like trajectory of like these SaaS and tech companies because uh I'm learning that the experience, like the customer experience is so important because it's like if uh if people don't know how to use your tool, then like what's the point of your tool? You know, and like right. or just I was like I was like handheld through the whole onboarding process and I'm like, this is a great thing. And I'm like then I go into these people's accounts and I'm like, you guys don't even have like things set up where like I had these set up before I even integrated like our email with it. So it's like kind of crazy to see like how, like you said, like how they trying to keep up with like, and I'm sure there's a whole finance part behind it or like they're well, just like different people working for them and stuff. Speak to it from an e-commerce perspective, because I think there's this, uh, it happens in e-commerce too. So I'm, I'm actually seeing, I'm actually seeing the tipping point with one brand that I work with right now. I shout them out a lot. It's, it's Ondar. Uh, and I think we're actually gonna, about to do a modern commerce collaboration with, with Ondar, uh, which is kind of cool. Cause it's like a business thing and a consumer thing. Oh. Um, but, but, uh, they are at the point they're at that tipping point of growth curve of new customers right where it's like mm -hmm. most of their they're getting to more than 50 percent of their revenue comes from past customers chomps is probably past that point right uh ghost is certainly past that point now uh but you know maybe it wasn't when you were there uh almost certainly i guess i shouldn't say certainly i don't know but i'm i know uh like if you're in the room, if you're in the meetings, you see it happening amongst the team, right? So as a customer, like, do you, as a customer experience person, like have to think about this and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like, let's not forget about the new people coming in who don't get the joke yet. Um, I Chomps is like a special case because Chomps, like, I think they just do a good job at like every role in the business is like always thinking about the experience. Like, and they like protect that experience because they understand that it's like so important where I think not all companies have adopted that yet. But yeah, no, it's so true. It's like we have to, you have to have these like 
company values and like mantras and like always like go back to like remembering like what who you're doing this for and like what why you're doing it and like never forget that as like the company grows because it is really easy to like lose sight of that um so like for champs uh i feel very blessed because in the customer experience there it's like it's top of mind for everyone and we even have like in our onboarding process like everyone even has to like sit at the desk and like do tickets for their onboarding like every single person yeah. has that experience of like seeing that and understands like how important this feedback loop is of like this is what our consumers are saying and this is what's happening behind the scenes and like how do we continue to make our consumers happy and keep them engaged so like it's always at the top of mind uh for like literally everyone in the company it's like everybody everybody's job is actually like working for that end consumer and that's it could be easy to lose sight of that but um i don't know somehow chavs has i feel like done a good job at like not losing yeah. sight of that no it's it, it yeah it, it's a challenge honestly because uh <clears throat> oh, we ended our ig live good to know casey <laughs> i don't know if you have any insight on why we did that uh but you're muted, but I think it's just because we hit an hour. It just automatically oh, stopped. IG lives end at an hour. We just learned. We did just learn. All right. Well, anyone who was watching on IG, hopefully they made their way to YouTube. I don't know if we really mentioned that we're on YouTube, but that's okay. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a good point because it's like it's really easy to forget to just get this overwhelming amount of feedback, especially in customer service and customer experience from, from people who've already bought from you before, from people who are already fans. The, the people who give you the most feedback are the 5% of customers I was talking about earlier who are your biggest fans, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or the 1%, right? Like who are your biggest fans? Uh, but it's easy to forget that like some people are new here, right? It, it actually reminds me, creators do the same thing. It reminds me of like, have you ever listened to a podcast where like you start listening and instantly like maybe within the first 10 minutes they say like four different inside jokes and you're like i don't, I don't know it. i don't know that joke like what are they talking about yeah yeah and and yeah. i so so casey and i have this theory that it's like it is actually good to do inside jokes right because because it does it like endears your people but like one you got to limit them and two uh i heard somebody say it like this before where it's like oh what you really would like is like a couple people to be watching or this active chat to be like, you know, so it's, if somebody's new there, there's like someone to tell them like, oh yeah, they say that a lot. Like, mm -hmm. um, right. And and that's like kind of how you want the vibe to be that it's like, if they're new here, they might be like, what? Like, oh, I didn't get the joke, but that's all right. But you're not doing that to them too much. Right. Or they're just going to be like, I don't like this. Um, and so creators are, are guilty of it too, where they just start thinking about they don't think about anybody who's new, you know, who's mm -hmm. new here doesn't get the job. I've, I've been doing that a lot recently because Twitch. I have these... it's got to happen on Twitch all Twitch, the time. Twitch, Twitch all the time. But Twitch, you have the follower, the the loyal people who can like explain things and people yeah. would do that. Like you yeah. said, like people Perfect. would be like, give the background of like what I'm talking about or like right. I would for Twitch, it would be like something like I would be like purposely like messing around and like purposely like I would be doing like a challenge of like I'm not my goal wouldn't be to like win the game it was like i was like doing this silly challenge and someone would come in to the chat and be like this idiot doesn't even understand the game and then my chat would be like she's not trying to play the game you know like and defend right. me um but I, for for my like instagram lately i have had this this like crazy series of events with my neighbor who has been like terrorizing me and my roommate like throwing oh, yeah rocks i've seen, I've seen this series so you yes. know, okay so yeah I'm so familiar. like I'm, i came in 
probably one of the people we're talking about. I came in the middle of the series. Yeah. Like, so I'm you're like, what is she talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, every time we like give like an update on like crazy neighbor, um, so I get messages that's like, what do you mean you had to call the cops three times la- last night and you like act like it's normal? I'm like, oh, like, how do I explain? How do I explain the entire story that's been lasting for lasting four months? Like, you came in, you, you came in at chapter ten, man. Like, you gotta just go back, catch back. up. Like, yeah, figure yeah. it out. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of hard to like, I don't know. It's hard to do it as a creator. It's hard to do it as a brand. It's hard to mm-hmm. write. It's hard to do it as tech companies, and that's why the tech you use, yeah. So there, there, it's like a phenomenon. There's probably a word for it. I bet. I bet there's a name for it. Like we just aren't, or if there's not, we should name it. We what should we be. name it? The, 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 the it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't know that I'm not quick enough to think of a name off the top I'm of my not head. Either. Prestige worldwide. Prestige worldwide is the name. Just uh, the idea guy. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the current, I don't know the feedback loop effect. I don't know. Maybe that, this seemed like yeah. a lot of buzzwords in that name, but Mm-hmm. working title working title yeah well we can think on it yeah we'll jam on it after all right so i want to do one more segment here uh and casey stay here for this segment so that you okay. can be part of it uh Stop. one more segment here it's a new segment that i'm going to call role reversal <laughs> it's where we step into each other's shoes and uh i become a female customer service agent for chumps you become a white guy your life's about to get a lot easier uh <laughs> no the, the you you take over as host and uh, and I will take over as guest for a short segment that, and then you and you can interview us. Okay, um, I'm gonna change my role, so I'm gonna be the podcast host, right? Okay. Yeah, you're the host. Um, yeah, so welcome I'm the host. To modern now. commerce. Yeah. Well, welcome to modern commerce, where we talk about <laughs> modern commerce. Um, John, I would like to ask you what your biggest oopsie in your career has been. Uh, okay. So I'll, I'll say maybe a couple, but, uh, I have one that many media buyers have, uh, and it's, you know, there's a word for it. It's the adding a zero oopsie. Um, (laughs) and it is where you have a thousand dollar a day budget, but you accidentally add a zero and have a $10,000 a day budget. So I'll, I'll tell the story. Or it could be any any number. Any number, if you add a zero to the budget, it's significant. Like I'll just, it's never not significant. Like your finger slips and your yeah, like, or just you have some dyslexia takes over, something yeah. happens. You don't triple check it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I've had that one. And so I'll I'll tell a story. So we had I, I worked for this agency that had a client, it was like a really big we had these like really big clients um, and they hired this guy who was like a sales guy, but he had like this big personal brand. It was like, it was very strange, but it's kind of related to what we're talking about, but he had a big personal brand. He, he really just had like a big, I wouldn't call it a personal brand. He had a big Rolodex. Basically it's like, Oh, we're hiring you to bring your book of business over here from whatever our competitor was that you were previously working at a little sketchy. So I won't say the companies who are involved here, but, uh, part of the deal was that he wanted us in our advertising to like feature him pretty smart dude actually uh so he wanted us in our advertising to feature him so we (laughs) agreed to a certain amount of budget to feature him and it was like 10 grand or something like that over a period of a month um and yeah i mean i did the add a zero oopsie and we spent well before we caught it we spent probably it was like a week so we probably we didn't spend the full 100 g's but we probably spent four, 30, 40, 
we spent a did, lot. We spent it, more in that week than we were supposed to spend in the whole month or just ever promoting this guy. Did uh, it work it out? Like, did the, it work out it, as far as like bringing clients or revenue? What or? do you mean by work out? Because no, that we didn't get that money back. <laughs> So, well, so you know how you could like spend money on ads and then it comes I, back and whatever. Yeah, it's like, can I spin this in any way where it worked? No, because this is like <laughs> this weird brand awareness campaign. Where it's like we weren't really getting conversions from it, or if it did work out, I don't know because it's like it wasn't trackable. Like maybe this guy got a bunch of business. Who the guy looked really good in his first few months. So if it worked out, it worked out for him, not us, not me for sure. Uh, for me, it came out of my bonus for the next quarter. No. <laughs> Yeah. So I deserved it. I will say that I did deserve that. Right. Like, it's like, you gotta, gotta check the, check those zeros. Um, so that that's one. And I've had, I've actually had that same oopsie happen like more than once. I, anyone who's bought a lot of media has where it's like, they set up a rule and the rule didn't work or just whatever. They got the budget wrong. They overspent, they set a bid and they're like, Oh, that should protect me from spending this much money. And they, then the bid didn't. Um, so yeah. So meta will do this thing. And this was on meta, this was on Facebook. Uh, meta will do this thing where if you make a mistake like that and you reach out to their support, they will refund you, but they'll do oh. that once in your ad account. Someone had already used that. I worked there. So uh, get out of jail free card was used. I could not use it. Came out of my budget budget for the next few months. Uh, Wait. Okay. Do you think that it came out of? It came out of my it, bonus. Yeah. I, but my, like yeah. you should have like split that with the other person who already used it. In I mean, opinion. he had no, he had no interest in that. He, <laughs> was, he was, I he really didn't even, cause he was a client, right? So, so we are agency. Oh, it wasn't like another person from your agency. We're oh, working he for are, client. So it made it worse. It's not our own money, right? Like we're agency. He works mm -hmm. for client. Like he's mm -hmm. not going to split it with me. Um, client was even like, so, so in the, in this particular agency, which I do not actually recommend, uh, doing it this way if you're an agency but in this particular agency the way that they did things is they fronted all the ad spend so they spent their money and then they rebuild the client for the ad spend I see. so i spent my company's money huh. which was better it's probably better than spending the client money to be honest because mm -hmm. then we would have just lost that client um or i get my agency might have refunded them either way and just taken it out of my bonus for the next quarter but uh yeah it was a lot my bonus did not cover it that was just that was like the punishment but it wasn't it wasn't enough. <laughs> was, so somebody lost some money besides me. Uh, so yeah, that was a bad one. I think that's probably a good enough story. I don't know if I have, I've, got lots. I've I, got lots. I've launched I, ads before with no copy in them, just like placeholder. It just says placeholder. Oh, yeah. Did you guys it. get the, the Starbucks, uh, like push notification recently that said yeah. like, nope, Sean K test one that <laughs> was from was, the Starbucks was, app. That was 100% on purpose, I think. You think so? I kind of think so. So sometimes Why? you do that sometimes you do that placeholder thing on accident and it's like, damn, that worked pretty good. Or uh one of one thing that I found out that Casey used to use all the time back when we did email marketing is uh just like send an email that was wrong or like, you know, something was wrong in it. And then so that way you can send a makeup email and be like, oops, sorry, oops, I messed up. And that oops, I messed up email will get open so much. It's not a great customer experience, but yeah, I was going to say it like it feels you, don't overuse it. Don't yeah. marketers have a tendency to ruin things. So like we uh -huh. don't let that one out of the bag very much, but we're going to wait to use that when I actually make a mistake because I will make a mistake and then I will use yeah. it. 
That's exactly what I would suggest doing it. Do not use it when you've made a purposeful mistake because with your luck, you will then make a real mistake the next week and then you've kind of used you it. You can't all. use that You're again. Yeah. Kind of like that Facebook credit. Like I think somebody used that for like a hundred or 200 bucks and I'm like, man, we should have just eaten that 200 bucks. But that wasn't up to me. He, you know, he wanted to fix his own mistake. I actually, um, when I worked at GNC, it was like literally my second day. And for some reason, my, like the person it was a franchise GNC, so I was like trained by like the owner who I don't know. It was just like this whole thing, but they let me work by myself, and I did not know what I was doing. And somebody wanted to split; they wanted to do this like buy one get one half off deal, and um, there was like two guys wanted to do buy one get one half off and split it so that mm. they got like whatever they both got twenty five percent off. And one person wanted to use cash, and one part person wanted to use use card. And I had no idea how to do that on their POS system. It was my second day. Um, and I remember I pressed like enter and the cash register opened to put the entire money in and yeah. not just the half. And I couldn't avoid it or anything. And I had no idea what to do. My manager wasn't answering in our, or anything. And I was like crying. Oh, and then you're just stressed because they're like there. Like, can yeah, they're just like watching me like try to yeah. figure this out. And um, so I just like, I just ended up being like, uh, freaking they w and they wouldn't pay for the whole thing in cash the f they wouldn't do it and so i was like sitting here like crying <laughs> like oh my god and they, they were like being mean to me too they were You're like, like just take me. your stuff i'll pay for it yeah and i was like i don't know what to do so like they took it and then that got taken out of my check and i was like yeah. you guys didn't train me <laughs> i didn't know what to do but yeah that, time... was a, that one hurt so, so what I've learned to do when you have a oopsie that costs your company money is before they get a chance to take it out of your check, offer. Because then they'll be, a lot of times, then they'll be like, no, no. yeah, yeah. So I, That's a I, good one. That's a good I hack. offer. I do that with clients too. I'll be like, yeah, I messed up. You can take it out of my pay. And they'll be like, no, it's fine. Whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't really work with clients that much anymore. But life hack. It's a, I like it's that. A good life, it's a good life hack. Casey, what do you got? <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. I think the thing that comes to mind for sure for me, uh, professionally is we did, we did some marketing for an event and I made the oopsie cause I mean, we were a pretty nimble team at that time. So there were a few responsibilities, but I was definitely our email guy. Like there was nobody else who was like focusing on email as much as me. And, uh, you know, high ticket item buying, well, tickets uh, to an event. And I, I can't remember. I think it was the abandoned cart flow. Uh, yeah, like a pretty like, important one. Set yeah. to live. Um, and that was for, I want to say a couple of weeks, maybe. It, like It was like most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was a that, one, that was a pretty big oopsie. Uh, that one stands out amongst any other oopsies. That's the oopsie with like two capital O's, I think. That so so that one I just want to say that I think it was a bad one for sure. I won't I won't downplay it. Oh, but, but you're about to be like, but it's not even as bad as this one or this no, one or this. No, one. no, no. Are you about to just that's like not what I'm going to say. That's yeah, remember that one time? Shit all over me. <laughs> the reason he feels that that was a very bad oopsie is because at the time, usually I'm pretty understanding. So I led our agency. Casey was kind of like came in a little ways in like wait were you casey's like boss at this time or something or wait how did it work What's yeah the i own the i own the agency in case okay. he's like kind of my right hand guy yeah okay okay got so it. so 
I am usually I will say this about myself and Casey can say whether it's true or not. I'm usually like a very understanding person. Like I'm usually like, yeah, look, you know what? Next time or, you know, that's not on you or like, let's look at how it's the circumstances and not you. I think I said something like, I don't know how the fuck that didn't happen. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. so I no, think that's, that's why that bad. one sticks out in, in Casey's head, because I was like very oh, I was very frustrated and very ruthless about it. I felt instantly bad as soon as I said it uh but yeah i'm i know that's why that sticks out because i'm pretty sure that he's like look if i disappoint the client whatever but if i disappoint john like that's Wait, true okay so first of all casey is john usually a uh, understanding person definitely definitely okay. and then two did he make you what how did that make you feel when john said <laughs> well okay this is yeah that's full blown about it all session. weekend honestly yeah uh yeah i mean it's, it's a while back now this was like in in my whole marketing career. This was pretty early on, I guess. Like, I don't know, a year Relatively, in, maybe like not yeah. not not too early in to like make a mistake like that. But yeah, no, I still, in, in it, like I have to remember away. like relatively. It was like, oh yeah, it is pretty new. You know what I mean? It you knew you knew what to do, right? But I'm not so I'm not billing you out on it. But yeah. Well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer Zoe's question of how it made me feel, and it yeah. made me feel not great. Uh, but it, John did explain it well. It's like uh, disappointing the client, like. I feel like I don't I don't want to sound like too negative here, but if you're just in marketing long enough, that's going to happen. That's yeah. an inevitable thing that happens. And you just kind of learn to deal with it to some extent. Uh, but yeah, somebody internal that you work with like every day and there is no like, well, they're gone now, whatever. Like, you know, not that that's really the take you have. But if you're really upset by something you do with a client, you kind of go, well, at least it won't be forever maybe you know like how long is that going to affect me and i mean john and i are still working together so i'm yeah. just thankful he doesn't and pull he that still brings out. it up every day yeah this <laughs> I is forgot just like that it. time you never set up that flow man Jeez. i forgot about it until you just brought it up actually so yeah. casey thinks about it more than i would but but the reason i said i think i'm usually a pretty understanding person is so a couple little little background on casey and i uh we were best friends in sixth grade seventh grade uh yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah so we've been best friends for a long time um and like he was doing something else i had this agency he was like hey you do this facebook ads thing will you look at this and i was like yeah don't do that just come work for me uh -huh. and so like that he was my first hire like this big risk and it's like it's all worked out and we've been kind of like pic's since and then uh i i think the reason it sticks out to him is two reasons one casey's an extreme in introvert who uh like he he doesn't care what people think, but like there's like maybe three to four people in his life who he doesn't consider people, right? So if he disappoints them, if he disappoints them, he's like ah a core piece of a core a quarter of my the people I care about now just hate me. And yeah, is it like John and your family? It's like yeah, John it's just like maybe it's not even me. four. Yeah. In my in my brain is probably like it's an extension of me. It's like oh like my right it's, shoulder is pissed off at me right now. That sucks because yeah. that's it's really probably, inconvenient honestly two to three people maybe three you know yeah, i mean it varies it fluctuates yeah. like uh, yeah decade, maybe <laughs> yeah oh no your dad yeah I mean, it's probably you're in people. you're in that's yeah. it with me so but like so, john's always one of them since yeah, john there was a, john's, there was a decade there where very long yeah yeah there's a decade there where i was in and out but yeah yeah so so <laughs> uh and then couple that with the fact that i am understanding like it, i think it's like a it's like a major event that Casey still like probably when he just talked about it, he had like that feeling in his stomach and it came back all from like, an abandoned car. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm like learning too is I used to think that like, Oh my God, I made a mistake and I'm such an idiot and I'm the only one who would ever make that mistake. But it's like shit happens 
every day and there's like other people making those mistakes and I almost feel like when I'm doing consulting too, I'm like this therapeutic person for these founders who are hiring me because like something will happen or you're like people will receive the wrong orders or their their warehouse is all messed up. And I'm like, you every single company has the same issues. It's just like working through them. Um, and that's like we hear about this shit all the time on Oopsie is like these everyone has an email Oopsie like the yeah. the email oopsies are the ones like they send out a, the wrong email to like 500,000 people it's like can't take that back like in yep. everyone think... has a story like that no it, yeah it's it's true i think uh it, you everybody has had that feeling where it's like you're you're just like stomach drops out of your body you know what i mean where it's like oh my gosh what did i do i can't you know it just it's happened to everyone in and not only professionally that's why i actually really like your podcast like i love the concept of it um sometimes i think people get on there and cheat a little bit and you should not let them they get on there and like like they don't say something that was like on them you know what i mean oh oh, yeah 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 like they say oh "Oh, the company this happened to the company or whatever and it's like no 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 no, it's kind of like a tell me how like, you fucked up. Like it's it's kind of like one of those like interview questions. What's your biggest oopsie? Well, you know, I just I right. trust I trusted this person too much. I'm too trusting. Uh, you know, I just really <laughs> oh, yeah. like sometimes and I he didn't set up hard. some email flow for me. It was a huge night. It was a fiasco. Like, oh, I'll I'll uh give Shrey shit, you know, Shrey. Yeah, yeah, Shrey did that. Yes, Shrey. I was like, of course, this is your fucking oopsie. You made the company too much money. I'm like, come on, give right. us a real oopsie. I know you fucked up before. No, you, yeah, you should have just on the pod been like, nope, unacceptable. <laughs> we'll have to get him back and I'll like just chew him out just, and have yeah. him like outline every single time he's actually messed up. Well, the main thing I've <laughs> learned from this segment of role reversal was that I think Casey and I should be fired because you're way better at being the podcast host oh our i forgot podcast. that i forgot that i was the host <laughs> i was just talking like your question too. your questions created such great conversation that we just oh, forgot wow. that's how organic 78, it was 78 episodes in <laughs> you're better at it, it day yeah. one than we are uh i think that's it unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about we could probably wrap up spend one of our longer episodes one of our better episodes in my opinion uh definitely i been a good time thanks uh, for having me on yeah thank you for being here everybody check out zoe uh pull your thing back up so i can read your instagram handle all right zoe at underscore zoe con underscore you gotta fix that you gotta figure something else out i gotta find someone to help me get rid of those underscores yeah follow her on instagram uh check out her podcast the oopsie podcast one of the better ones about e-commerce out there if you are listening on an audio platform like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Podcasts or I don't know, what's a super obscure one? Pandora. Pandora, yeah. LimeWire. Yeah, LimeWire. Lime <laughs> oh, no. If you're listening on LimeWire, delete it instantly. Your computer's about to get a virus. Uh, <laughs> then, then rate and review. Give us one star, but honestly, if you're going to get five stars tell us how you like us if you are releasing new content and going live like this and uh, i think that's all the things did i miss any of the things casey um no i think that was pretty much it no oopsies here at all uh casey just straight oopsie in the music well i mean more like we might be looking for some new software that's that's annoying that's like (laughs) 
Oh, that's one of those ones that's not on you. Yeah. It's not on me. I didn't. I just pressed the right button and it does the wrong thing. I don't know, man. <laughs> All right. Well, yes. If you're on any of the platforms, do the things that you're supposed to do on the platforms. All the creators say on that pl platform to do. And uh, yeah, till next time, we will see you.